Welcome everybody to the first ever episode of Tommy's Outdoor Podcast. And today my first guest is a very special guest. It's Greg Latour, uh, who with his wife Ziggy is running a fishing lodge in County Cork in a, near the village in Chigilak. Uh, good morning, Greg. Good morning, Tommy. How are you? Very good. Uh, thanks for uh, accepting invitation for the first episode of the podcast. No so for our listeners, um, the uh, we have the the lodges um, located near the Lake Lohalua. Uh, there are beautiful um, old cottages and uh, also um, main purpose, so to say, is uh, fishing. That's right. Yeah. So fishing boats for hire, engine for hire, uh, and a lot of fish in the lake. That's true, yeah. It's mainly pike, you know, uh, my guests are after. Uh, there's coarse fish, there's uh, trout, there's eel, roach, bream, uh, but the main, uh, the main target is the pike, you know. Right. Yeah, and that's really how it started. Um, I think first time I show up here in 2007, uh, I was looking uh, where to fish for pike, and my friend Tom recommended this place and said, oh, let's start doing it. So it started with me where being taking engine and boat and go pike fishing, but then surely, but slowly but surely, we figure out okay, there's also you can book the accommodation here and uh, and and so on. So this is mainly accommodation for you, right? It's accommodation for anglers, but uh, we accept uh, non-anglers, of course. You know, um, there's cottages from two, four, six persons. You know, and we got twin rooms and single rooms in the B and B as well. So you can stay overnight and have an early early go at the pike, you know, and um, you can have a meal here as well in the evening if you come back. Uh, before 8, we serve meals up to 8 o'clock, you know, and the breakfast starts at 8 o'clock. The meal, the meal, guys, the meal. The meal is worth it alone. <laughs> so, Thanks. <laughs> it's, it's, it's fantastic. It's a, so what else uh, people can do here? Because obviously we, we're surrounded in beautiful scenic scenery. We have, uh, well, maybe not mountains, but hills and uh, fields and... Uh, uh, a lot of other things to do outside of fishing. That's true. Uh, I mean, first of all, the highest mountain, uh, Shea Mountain, the highest mountain in County Cork, is just opposite our lodge. You know, you can look onto the onto the mountain from the lodge. So we got mountains, not just hills. You know. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, but apart from uh, the fishing, you can uh, you can go canoeing, you can go cycling, walking, of course, mountain climbing. You know, uh, there's. Uh, Horse riding available. We got two horses. Uh, we got a, a arena at the back of the house. So, um, you know, in case the anglers bring their relatives, their family, you know, they can go, um, they can go walking. Uh, they can keep themselves busy. While people, exactly, while exactly. And not just fishing. There's a bit around it as well, you know. That's yeah. good. That's good. Yeah. And also... Uh, Whoever stays with you can avail for deep sea fishing. Deep sea fishing, yeah, we arranged that. You know, there's a guy in uh, Union Hall. Um, they got two boats. You know, Jim and his son Adrian. You know, so we arranged. Jim highly recommended. I caught my first shark while fishing with Jim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Union Hall. That's about less than an hour's drive from the lodge. Uh, it's it's brilliant fishing and it's a brilliant scenery as well. Okay, that's mm. that's that's fantastic. Great. Tell me, uh, and to our listeners, how it all started. Uh, well, I came here myself. I'm, I'm actually German, you know. I'm, I came here about 26 years back. I, I bought the lodge. I bought actually a couple of ruins, you know, I have to say, you know, and converted them into living quarters. Um, it started with one boat, of course, with one cottage, uh, and it developed from there. So we got 20 beds now. 
Wow, yeah. I didn't realize. Yeah, it's 20 beds altogether, you know, so there's a bit of work involved as well, you know. <laughs> of course. Yeah, uh, I won't complain, but it's, it's a seasonal job. You work from, uh, let's say, from March to October, you work flat out. And then you've got a couple of months which are a bit more quiet, you know, and uh, the pike have a quiet time then as well. Yes. <laughs> so this is seasonal as, as pike activity. It is. I mean, you can go pike fishing in winter, you know, but uh, a lot of people, you know, uh, don't fancy to be out in the on the lake in a boat, you know, in the middle of winter, you know, so yes. uh, it's only for the for the determined people, you yes. know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. We forgot to mention that it's also, you're also guiding on the lake. You're, I'm guiding, you're, yeah. You're an angler yourself with, a, of course, with years yeah. and years of experience. So. Yeah, yeah. I'm fishing this lake for 33 years. As I said, I bought the place 26 years back. Um, I'm guiding for the last 10 years because, I mean, you have to develop some skills and some knowledge of the lake over years and years, you know. I mean, uh, people call themselves guide, you know, but I mean, I want to be sure, you know, I can guide my people to catch a pike uh, and to treat the pike right, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So um, exactly, I heard yeah. somewhere that charging your bodies to take them fishing is not guiding. No, that's right. That's right. Yeah, there's a difference, you know. But I mean, everybody's different, you know. But uh, I, I, when I'm guiding, you know, I mean, it's it's the welfare of the pike that comes first, you know. It's not catching pike and uh, catching numbers and catching big size pike, you know. It's mm -hmm. it's the welfare of the pike, you know. And uh, of course, yeah. so so the, uh, it is important to mention this is of, of course catch and release only. Catch and release, yeah, catch and release only, yeah, yeah. I mean, by law, you're entitled to take one pike under fifty centimeter per person per day, but I really encourage to uh, to release all the pike, you know. And uh, by law, you're not entitled to any pike over fifty centimeter, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, yeah, and, and and like you said, this, the the lake is isn't isn't huge, and uh, yeah. uh, taking care of the population of fish uh, is very important. It is, uh, it is to make yeah. sure that you know year after year after year we yeah, we, we yeah, 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 yeah. fish to, to, to catch. The lake is about six miles long, so it's it's a big lake after you know, but it's not white you know, and um, it's got a lot of base. It's uh, it's not a round lake you know. It's actually a chain of lakes you know. They call it as well the Inchigila Lakes or Lochalua. Uh, there's um, various depth you know. It's uh, it's gone from one meter to thirty two meters at the deepest. Um, uh, there's uh, six boats for hire, you know, boats and engines, you know, and I want to keep it at that because I don't want the lake to be overfished, really, you know. Yeah, yeah, mm. exactly. Mm. And you, you're fishing that lake for 30 years. How do you, how's the population of pike changing? So is it, is it fishing, you know, because a, a common, common theme is like, oh, in the good old times, there was a plenty of fish and now yeah. it's not. It's, is this the same here as it roughly? How do you? I would I would say so. I mean, first of all, the population is probably the same, you know. But uh, there's more fishing pressure on the pike, of course, over the years, because more and more people get into pike fishing, and their um, their skills, you know, are improving. You know, the lures are improving, and also the pike get clever after a while. They know, you know, uh, if they've seen a lure for the tenth time passing passing by. They can name the lure, you know, right. and uh, so I think um, there's still a lot of big pike, you know, but they're harder to catch, mm. you know, mm. than, than 20 years back. But you're 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 almost saying like they're harder to catch because they're getting smarter rather than they're they're, not enough. Uh, of well, them. they learn, you know, they learn to a certain extent, you know. I mean, um, uh, dead bait works well because dead bait is a natural uh, natural lure, 
uh, if you go for hard body lures or if you go for soft lures, you know, I mean, the pike at some stage will learn, you know, yeah. they will know uh, the shapes and the colors of the lures and probably avoid them, you know. Yeah, yeah. especially if they're being caught. Uh, yeah, nine. if they've been caught before, yeah. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, of course. It's interesting because because effectively what you're saying is that the improvement in the fishing technology and the lures and the, and the rods and all that, that really have effect yeah well it's that and as well you know the amount of anglers you know um, going back 20 30 years you'll probably be on your own on the lake you know which is uh, weekdays probably still the case you know but at weekends especially if the weather's nice there's there can be up to six seven eight boats on the lake you know right. so um i mean that puts some pressure on the fish you know and they're getting probably a bit more wary about the situation mm. you know mm. yeah have you or or or, or uh, whoever is in, in in charge of that ever considered uh, sort of a licensing fishing on the lake or just no not really people? no not really no first of all it's 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 a public lake you know um, the the landowners around the lake the farmers basically they have the fishing rights on the lake you know they have the fishing rights in their deeds and it's not the ESB it's not the state it's uh, it's uh, the private uh, uh, property owners around the lake uh, that have the fishing rights so if they did, would decide to form a club they could bring up a license you know but uh, nobody's really interested in bringing in a license because it's a lot of uh, struggle and it's checking the license and you know yeah, i mean the whole enforcement and the, the whole point. enforcement you know i mean it's it's not it's not easy you know but uh, no we don't want to limit it uh, you know and i think it's it's right that everybody's got the right and uh, is free to fish the lake you know i don't think it's a good thing you know to bring in license and mm -hmm. regulations you know okay. that uh, that uh, cut i mean uh, that that would uh, affect the people actually you know so yeah yeah uh, yeah, yeah. So more and more people are fishing on, on, on a lake. And, yeah. and, and you mentioned a big pike. Uh, so mm. usually, you know, these over metered long, it's like a trophy, right, yeah. it's a trophy fish. Yeah. And I know that there is a lot of these fish being caught. Um, True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you say that there's more of them recently? I'm like they're, 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 they, that, so really what I'm aiming here is like, is, is uh, catch and release on the lake. Uh, yeah, making, we got Making good, giving good results and you have it more makes, big fish. It makes perfect sense to catch and release because because as many of uh, the pike anglers will know, the big pike are the female pike, you know, and uh, the ratio is nine to one, you know, in male to female. So the big females, you know, are much more important for the reproduction. Uh, and um, so it makes sense to pr uh, protect the big pike, you know, so um, they're, they're, they're important, you know, for the whole stock. Mm. Yeah. So, um, any, any particular time of the year that would be this favorable or, or maybe uh, if, if you can walk our listeners through uh, seasons, um, yeah. you know, pike fishing because, uh, like I know, in the, it, it starts in the spring when when first roach is spawning and then the uh, pike is on the shallow waters and so on. Could, yeah. you, could you walk us through this? Yeah, this of course. Cycle? Yeah, I mean, uh, start of the year the pike will be very deep. You know, if the water temperatures are low and they go down to three or four degrees in winter. Um, pike are probably 10, 15 meters down, you know, uh, it's a time of year when you don't catch numbers of pikes, but if you catch a pike, it's usually a big one. Um, they are not that active, you know, so you have to use um, smelly uh, bait, you know, like mer uh, herring, mackerel smelt uh, to attract them. Um, going on then to March, April, you know, the spawning starts. This can vary, you know, at times, you know, they're spawning as late as late April or start of May. 
Um, during the spawning, I tend to leave them alone. You know, I don't want to, mm. you know, uh, upset the spawning. Uh, uh, and um, I leave them alone and encourage people not to fish the lake. You know, but it's a very short period. The spawning takes place over, a, let's say, a ten-day, two-weeks uh, span. You know, and after that, they're very active. So if you come here, let's say, <clears throat> sorry, in May, the pike are in the shallows. They're very aggressive. They are hungry after the spawning. Um, and then it's the best to, to fish them in a, with a short, short uh, yeah. um, surface lure jerk bites. Exactly, and, you know, yeah. Frogs, breaks. you know, rubber frogs, uh, surface poppers. So you, you know. can observe the pike approaching. Exactly, the lure it's, it's spectacular, you know, when they shoot out of the water and grab the lure, especially the frog fishing, you know. I mean, don't worry, no, it's artificial frogs, you know, it's not real frogs, you know, it's uh, rubber frogs. And you can cast them right into the lilies and then you'll see, uh, if you're lucky, you see the pike shooting out the lilies and grabbing the lure. And that's, this is truly a spectacular sight, you know. Um, then further on, you know, in, into June, July, they tend to go a bit deeper again. They'll be found in three meters of water. Um, the water heats up and then you don't really like the yeah, hot water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, the water temperature goes up to maybe 18 degrees in summers, you know. Uh, exceptional summers, you know, they go, the water temperature will be in the 20s, you know, but usually it's 18 degrees, you know, at the maximum. Um, going into September, October now, the pike move down the, the water uh, table, you know, they, they, they probably be down at five meters, six, seven meters. And then November coming, you know, um, they'd be down 10 meters, 15 meters in December, January. Right. So um, they're easier to catch when they're in the high water, you know, when they're in the top water, you know, so. Yeah. yeah. So, <clears throat> Jesse, you mentioned, you mentioned level of the water as well mm. in, in, in a lake. It's, 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 it varies depending on the rainfall, right? Yeah, it's, 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 there's no dam, you know. I mean, the whole Inascara system doesn't have an effect on this, uh, on this lake, you know. It's a, it's a natural lake. It's formed by a glacier, probably millions of years back. And, wow, um, I didn't realize that. Yeah, I yeah, thought yeah, this is because of a dam. No, no, no. The, the dam has no effect whatsoever. There's so that's a river, river Lee. It's a river Lee, runs through the lake, and it leaves the lake uh, at Inchigila village, and it makes its way down the Lee Valley uh, into Cork Harbor. Um, on the way, there's a couple of dams, but as I said, they don't have an effect on the, on the water uh, levels at the lake. Because uh, there's even some rapids and some waterfalls in between on the Lee. Um, so uh, the water uh, levels, you know, which is uh, uh, regulated by these B dams, you know, uh, it's it's got, doesn't uh, doesn't have an effect on Loch Alua. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. And actually, uh, B, you know, they don't have a, a say on Loch Alua, you know, they don't have fishing rights on the lake, you know. I mean, if you go onto the website, it says, you know, permits to be uh, bought by these B, you know, but that's not the truth, you know. The lake is yeah. fishing free, you know. It's okay. It's no permit there. Okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, yesterday I took a ride around the lake and I saw a lot of signs, no fishing, no fishing. No yeah, fishing. that's uh, coming up lately. There was a lot of anglers, you know, uh, and uh, people in canoes, whoever, you know, leaves, they leave uh, rubbish, you know, on, yeah. on, on the... On leave the, no trace, people. That's true, you know, it's, uh, I mean, uh, you have to understand the farmers, you know, they, um, they're, um, they're worried about their livestock, of course, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, if there's plastic bags and fishing line mm -hmm. or even hooks lying around, you know, it can be very dangerous for the yeah. cattle. Yeah. And uh, so some farmers decided um, to limit the access, you know, it's... So uh, the lake is surrounded by private land? It's all private, it's all private, all yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Um, and, I, and I think that's very important to all the listeners and, and people who listen that it is extremely important to um, behave themselves and, uh, and leave a place uh, clean how you found it um, because that's a really uh, 
sort of a, how we live in a place we it's it's not only on our own this is for other people who are who are, want to enjoy the sport and uh, um, then essentially uh, there's a bad PR so to say yeah. so that's very it's important. probably just a minor minority you know it's probably just one in ten or one in a fifty you know that leaves the rubbish behind you know but they sport it for everybody you know yeah. so exactly exactly my point so um best way of course to fish on the lake is from the boat it's true i mean it's not just because i rent the boats you know but uh you have better access to all the bays you know the lake is overgrown at times you know i mean uh, there's uh, the fringes you know are covered by lilies and by by reeds so the access isn't easy from the shore you know if you come in summer you know you may get away without a boat because the pike are in the shallows and near the reeds, you know, if you come, uh, let's say, from September, October on, it makes sense to have a boat because you can fish the deeper regions, you know. Right, yeah. right. And you can also trawling. For, you can go trawling, you know, it's depending on the methods you like, you know. A lot of uh, people like to fish uh, from the shore with their dead bait out and don't cast or don't use lures, you know. Then but it's okay. Really, but they're really just putting six pack of beer and just sitting Yeah, exactly. And That's a relaxing way to go fishing. You know, there's nothing wrong with that, you know. But uh, I'm a more active fisherman. I'd like to of course. to chase the pike, you know, to, to be uh, driving around the lake, try this spot, try the other spot, and mm -hmm. uh, go a bit of, do a bit of trawling in between, you know, which is a successful method, you know, especially the trawling, because with the trawling, uh, you can use big lures, you know, you, uh, it's a lazy fishing as well, you know, lazy type of fishing, but you, draw, you trawl and you drag your lure behind the boat, you know. It can be kind of grueling. It is, yeah. Trawling yeah. fishing. I remember my, my fishing trick for, for catfish in Spain when yeah. we were... Uh, like for the week straight, we're, we're trawling from, yeah. from you know, oh, we were starting both, before yeah. sunrise and, the, and it yeah. was sometimes like, like we were used to saying, it's worse than driving a bus because <laughs> you don't have a stops. Yeah, that's true. Well, you have a stop if you catch a pike, you know. Yeah, of, <laughs> or, course, of, course, of course. But uh, yeah, it's everybody's different, you know. I mean, um, some people trawl all day, you know. I wouldn't be trawling all day because it's, mm. it's, it's too boring, you're right, you know. I mean, what is a good way of moving from spot to spot? It is, it is, it is, yeah. You drive slowly, you know, and uh, um, gives you gives you the chance to use big lures, you know, which you don't have when you're casting. If you have a lure that's, uh, let's say, 40 centimeters big, you know, how long, you know, you can't really cast it anymore. So you need different methods and that's mm -hmm. trawling you know so and that's for a really big pike. that's for big really? pike you know that's for big pike i mean you'll be amazed you know times you catch a small pike of 60 centimeters going for a 30 centimeter lure but mm -hmm. um, that's the exception you know i mean big lures big pike you know yeah, uh, yeah. that's the rule <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do you of course you probably had some anglers who are fishing for fly fishing for a pike of course yeah. how, how does it go i remember you were you were telling some time ago one one story about the guy who was just just adamant about goat fishing fly fishing yeah. And you obviously with a year's experience in the lakes, so like no, you're not really gonna catch anything. And it was it's depending on the time of year, you know. If you come in winter, you know, I wouldn't recommend fly fishing, uh, even if you use big streamers you know, and uh, a sinking line. You know, uh, it's 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 very hard to get down to water a depth of uh, ten meters or eight meters. Mm. You know, I'd say when the pike are below five meters, you know, the fly fishing for pike isn't isn't that successful anymore you know it's hard work then after you know so at the right time of year especially may june you know in the pike and the shallows definitely fly fishing streamer fishing you know is very very successful you know and highly recommended but not so much in winter you know i wouldn't do it in winter okay yeah. so any any of you listeners who are who are doing uh, fly fishing would like to try uh, fly fishing on the lake 
it's also available. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Go and go and try it. And, yeah. Greg, so obviously you're very passionate about the fishing. I am. And, I'm, yeah, and, and I'm fishing all my life. <laughs> so, so this is not not only business for you. This is, no, this that's is, right. This yeah. is also like yeah, your hobby. Yeah. And, and yeah. Well, I t I turned a hobby into a business basically. You know, I mean, I'm fishing since I'm six, seven, eight years of age. You know, and I came to Ireland for fishing. You know, and stayed for the fishing. You know, and of course for the people and the landscape and. Uh, Know, the um, the openness you know I mean you got lots of space here you know and um, it's uh, we don't have um, let's say neighbors that live down uh, 50 meters down the yard you know my neighbors are 100 200 yards away you know and then you got all the freedom to do whatever you want you know that's yeah. that's that's one of the fantastic things uh, yeah. for all you all your people who are living in, in the cities yeah. you come here and you straightway relax your yeah. body relaxes and yeah. you just do the big breath in breathe out yeah. and you see that landscape and, and yeah. But so so, are you fishing only on the lake here? Or are you doing any trips, fishing trips outside of the lake for yourself as well? Well, I do. I do uh, go fishing, pike fishing all over Ireland. Basically, you know, I just been up to Upper Loughran on Northern Ireland, you know, which holds good pike as well, of course, you know. Mm -hmm. And you see different different uh, lakes, you know, different methods, you know, and you talk to different people. So it's uh, it's interesting, you know, to uh, to be uh, fishing different systems, different lakes. I go fishing here for trout as well. I've got um, uh, I'm a member of the Gugan Trout Anglers, uh, and I, I I I go fishing there for brown trout. You know the season is over now in October, of course. You know, but uh, from March on, brown trout is on the agenda. And there's Shea Lake. It's a small mountain lake up on Shea Mountain. You know, it's a very rewarding lake. You know, you catch a lot of trout there, but um, they tend to be small. Um, there's Arctic Chan that lake as well, you know, so that's a very uh, rare species, you know, it's an endangered wow. species as well. And they're very hard to catch, you know, um, you don't catch them on the fly or you don't catch them on lures, you know, you catch them. Did on you catch them? I caught them, yeah, years wow. back, you know, I haven't been doing it for quite a while now and because that, they should the be left alone really, you know, I mean, because they're rare, you know, and they're endangered, as I said. Yeah, you know? exactly. And is that lake limited? Is it like, like I presume not everybody just can go and go out there and fish? Mm, you could go up there, all right, you know, it's free, okay. but it's a bit of a challenge because you have to walk a long way, you know, it's okay. not at the roadside. You so know? potentially to any of our listeners who decided to visit your place, that, yeah. that trout fishing is also available exactly yeah 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 and uh, it's mainly catch and release due to the size of the trout you know i mean if you want to catch a, a trout you know and keep it for the pan that's fine you know but usually the trout here in this area are small so yeah. it's more for the sport than anything else well you know? yeah, of, yeah. of course yeah, and, yeah. and and we all about sport fishing yeah, yeah. um yeah. that's a, that's amazing if you want to go uh fishing you know and fill your freezer you should go to the sea you know go fishing mm -hmm. on the ocean i'll go which, by the way, like we mentioned, we, Greg, you also offer. I also do that, yeah. I go uh, shark fishing. I mean, shark is catch and release as well, but you may as well catch cod, you catch pollock and coal fish, you know, and they're good eating fish, you know, and um, you can't do damage. As an angler on the sea, you can't yeah. do damage, while you can do a lot of damage on a lake, you know, or exactly. on a river. Because you know. it's closed ecosystem. And, exactly, and yeah. It's, yeah, it's only depending on its own. On yeah, its own. yeah, yeah. Right, great. Um, and so... But it's again. You're also traveling uh, outside of Ireland and on some I do, exotic yeah. uh, I fishing do, yeah. trips. Do I do in winter. Yeah. You know, I go fishing uh, usually in warmer countries. You know, because yeah. uh, in winter it doesn't make sense to go to Norway or to Alaska. You know, yeah. so I go. <laughs> I go fishing. Let's say I've been to Kenya. I've been to Mauritius, uh, Cuba. You know, them places. You know, and. Uh, yeah. Uh, you catch exotic fish there, of course. Marlin. What was your what's your biggest uh, or or maybe not the biggest fish, but the fish that you're most proud of? 
Uh, a blue marlin caught in Mauritius, you know, it was 396 pounds, you know, wow. uh, unfortunately it was killed, uh -huh. you know, which I, I don't like really, you know, but uh, I, you're talking about Africa, you know, so um, mm -hmm. they, they, they catch fish, you know, to eat them, yeah. not for the sport, you know, so yeah. uh, uh, it's uh, something that I'm not proud of, and I'm proud of the fish, but not the way that, that it, it was treated and ended, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, so, but I mean, the fish, the fishing is great there, you know, and uh, you catch all kind of species, not just marlin. You catch uh, a lot of tuna, you know. Uh, you catch uh, bonitos. You catch mai uh, mai. You know, it's very, very and, interesting. And fishing. how does it work for you after after such a um, exotic trip? Mm. You're going back to a lake, and is it like like oh my god? No, 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 or is it like, wow, not at all. No, no, no gonna get I know I got this uh, this this question for one of my friends when I came back from Africa I said how how you can even go bass yeah. fishing anymore and I said like oh well yeah of course this is this is what I do so. yeah no it's two different pairs of shoes you know I mean you can't compare the one with the other uh, there's different skills required to catch a marlin than uh, catching a pike you know especially with the an example the marlin fishing you now it's trawling and it's basically not down to the skills of the angler to catch a marlin, you know, it's the skipper, you know, skipper. the skipper, you know, he gets into the right position, into the right areas, you know, and uh, pike fishing is more, much more delicate, you know, I mean, mm. uh, if you do it right, you know, if you uh, approach it, you know, um, with lures, you know, I mean, the dead baiting, you know, casting a mackerel out, waiting for hours to, for the line to go, that's probably not as skillful as you know, jerkbait fishing or streamer fishing, you know. Yeah. But the marlin fishing, as I said, it's it's uh, it's a bit of luck involved, of it's, course. It's it generally yeah. a case with the, with the sea fishing. Yeah. This is really skipper yeah. who catches the fish. Exactly. And the angler on the sea. Okay, yeah, no, yeah. No. The skipper, same on the Irish Sea, the skipper puts you on the right, on, onto the right uh, place, you know, onto the right position, and then, then you catch fish, you know. You fish over sandy ground in the middle of nowhere, you mm. won't catch fish, you know. So the skipper has to has has to have the knowledge, you know, and he, I mean, Jim, for example, you know, is fishing uh, the, the RSC for 30 years, you know, so he's got the knowledge, he knows the spots, you know. Of course. And uh, that's why I like to go out uh, with the skipper now on my own, you know. Some people go out in a little rubber dinghy for miles and miles and miles, you know. I mean, they're saving a bit of money. Ouch, that's a little know, bit dangerous. It's, uh, but it's dangerous, you know, and you don't get the results you get with an experienced skipper. Yeah, of course, of yeah. course. We, yeah. that, now when we're talking about that, that, that uh, gives me an idea. Maybe we uh, will record the uh, episode one day about the safety at, at sea because I have a few stories to tell as well. True. And, <laughs> and speaking about the safety, um, you're obviously encouraging people to wear a, a, yeah. a, a jackets. A of course, it's jacket. actually the law to have a life jacket when you're out on a, on, a, on, a, on a lake or on a river, you know. It's not optional, no, it's like a seatbelt in the car. You have to have it, you know, and you have to put it on, you know. Yes. So, and it's, uh, it's, it's... Uh, Wear the life jacket, people, and on yourself, not in the boat. That's right, yeah, yeah. It's the same as the seatbelt in the car, you know. If you don't put it on, it won't help you, you know, because yeah. if you fall into the water, it's no good if yeah. the life jacket is in the boat, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and this is a very interesting subject because people often don't realize uh, how important that is and say, okay, I can swim, you know, I... And, and really don't realize two things. First of all, when you get into the water, your clothes are getting wet very, very yeah, quickly and yeah. it's kind of uh, dragging you down. It's very heavy. Yeah. Uh, and then secondly, sometimes you get a thermic shock. Yeah, and and yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's really quite different when you're just, just walking your flip-flops to the, to the pool and jump into the pool. Yeah. And when you have a, like, like today, what's the temperature of the water? 
the moment it's about 10 degrees. 10 know, degrees, so, uh, and you all of a sudden, not expecting, you drop into the 10 degrees water, mm. you're, before you do anything, you, you know, it's, it's, it's often too late. So that's, that's very important. Yeah. Were, there, were there any accidents on the lake? No, never, never. Uh, I'm proud to say that, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not in charge of uh, all the boats on the lake, you know, I mean, some people come with private boats and if they wear a life jacket or not, you know, it's their business, it's not my business, you know, but all my guests have to wear life jackets and I fit them with life jackets, you know, and um, so far so good, you know. I mean, you hear different lakes, you know, like Loch Dirk, you know, it can be like an ocean, you know, and if you don't wear a life jacket there, you're lost, you know. I mean, yeah. you don't stand a chance in the middle of the lake like Loch Dirk, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, these yeah. these big lakes are can be dangerous. They can be very there, dangerous. There's wind the, there, yeah. and there's also rock. Very, yeah, the wind very changes rapidly, you know, the weather can change rapidly in Ireland, you know, so you have to be prepared, you know, and wear a life jacket, you know, that's all I can yeah. say, you know. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, that's very important, yeah. And, yeah. and everybody have a life jacket there. Yeah. Uh, when they uh, can they be uh, so are there controls on the on the lake? No, unfortunately, you know the uh, in the fishery island, you know they don't have a say on the life jackets. You know it's actually uh, okay. the sea fishing bodies, you know that they control the life jacket. You know uh, mm. the wearing of the life jackets. You know so unfortunately, you know we can't advise people. We can't advise them. We can't tell people to wear life jackets. Mm. You know it's up to themselves. You know, and it's not checked. I'm afraid, okay. you know. But overall, there are checks on the lake because I know uh, 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 a few years ago I was checked myself on a, on a boat. But this is like a fishery board who is checking whether people not po poaching for... Yeah, exactly. So exactly. Yeah, as I said, I give people advice. I mean, I'm a waterkeeper myself on the lake and I see if I see a guy you not know, wearing a life jacket, I tell him, please put for your own safety, please put the life mm. jacket on. But I, I, there's no way we can enforce it, you know. I mean, yeah. that's down to, um, as I said, the sea fishing bodies, not, yeah. not in the fishery island. You know? So you're water keeper on the lake. I'm the water what, keeper on the what, lake. Yeah. What being water keeper consists of? Uh, it's it's a pri I'm a private water keeper. It's uh, not much to it really, you know. I'm, uh, I mean, I'm not I'm not paid, you know. It's a voluntary job, you know. Um, I have a lookout, you know, see if people, um, you know. Uh, Except the laws, you know, I mean, that they don't kill pike, that they don't uh, life bait, that they don't use uh, excess amount of rods, you know. Um, mm. It's, uh, it's uh, first of all, I'm an angler, so I'm in interested in the, in, in the welfare of the pike, as I said, you know. You're doing what every angler should do anyway. Exactly, exactly, you know. And then again, you know, I got a business as well, you know, so if the pike uh, is, uh, if the pike is uh, decimated, you know, uh, I don't have uh, customers anymore. I can open up a golf course or something, you know. Mm. So um, mm. I'm interested for two reasons, you know, first of all, as an angler, and secondly, as a business, you know. Uh, that the pike uh, stocks on the lake are good or the general fish stocks on the lake are good because even if the if the bream and the coarse fishing goes down you know it will have an effect on the pike as well because i mean they don't find enough food then you know yeah yeah so for our listeners what what everyone can do if if they think about welfare of pike welfare of uh, of waters what mm. they can do uh, to help the situation I mean, first of all, they should use the right equipment, you know, uh, if you're an angler, you should have all the necessary uh, tools on you, the right pliers, long nose pliers, cutters, you should have a unhooking mat, you know, so you should be prepared to catch a big pike, you know, it's no good to have a rod and a lure and go out and go pike fishing, you have to think what's happening if you catch a pike, you know, so um, that's the first thing, you know, have the right equipment, you know, have the right uh, tools, you know, on you. Um, secondly, you know, if you see people poaching, you know, don't be afraid to approach them, you know, um, I mean, if, if they're aggressive or whatever, you know, 
just call the fishery board. There's a 24-hour hour hotline, you know. You can call the fishery board. And, uh, Is it like 1-800-FISH? number i think yeah well i mean it's um, you see i mean it's, it's easier you know if, if you call the fisher boat than to deal with the problem yourself of course. but uh, i mean if, if you gently and save people exactly if you gently uh, approach a person and ask him you know why he's killing the pike you know i mean uh, if you see he's aggressive you know stay away you know but uh, be interested in what's happening around you, you know, that's, mm -hmm. that's all I want to say, you know. Because, yeah. I mean, it's for your own sport, it's for the future of the fish, you know, for the pike fishing. Uh, so you have, to, you have to be aware that there are people out there that, that, uh, that are even netting, you know, and doing bad things, you know. Right, you know? right. So um, it's yeah, happening. I was, I, was, I was reporting uh, illegal nets on the, yeah. on the sea. Uh, yeah, the sea yeah it's the same on the sea, you know. Uh, it's same all over Ireland, you know. I mean, if there's a profit to be made, you know, yeah, uh, will, you know, will somebody to will try to, to, to do it, you know, so... Now you said, you mentioned about the unhooking and the handling of fish uh, yeah. once you catch the fish. Maybe mm. that's a uh, good subject, and, and let's uh, say a few words about it. Um, you mentioned that you need to have a long nose pliers because yeah. if you catch those big fish, they big exactly, pike, yeah. big big uh, big mouth, and they all uh, very often just grab the lure very deep. They so do. you gotta have a proper tool to reach yeah. down, and uh, especially especially if you if you're depth baiting, you know, uh, you shouldn't wait too long striking you know i mean uh, i strike after a couple of seconds you know uh, I, I i i rather lose a fish you know i prefer to lose a fish than to to, to spoil a fish you know so as i said the welfare is is, uh, is my first interest really you know and uh, but if you lure fishing it's not that dramatic you know i mean usually a big lure don't get swallowed on the throat you know mm -hmm. but uh, still you need a, a plier you know to 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 release the fish safely you know and uh, uh, probably you should have a guide uh, for the first day out piking because uh, he will show you how to how to unhook a fish you know because it's not easy the pike uh, teeth are sharp and the gills are razor sharp you know so yeah. uh, it's not just the fish will get damaged and will be bleeding <laughs> Prob I know I know, you know I have a scars on my fingers from yeah. from pike well fishing. every pike fisher, fisherman has got uh, scars on his finger yeah, you're not really no. pike fisherman <laughs> unless you have a scar <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah. <laughs> that's the way to put it yeah <laughs> and what about uh, you mentioned cutters and uh, that's a uh, a lot of a lot of pike anglers uh, uh, sometimes reaching that point and say, okay, there's probably no point trying to unhook the fish anymore. I'm just going to yeah. cut the uh, Well, cut if, the you, treble if you don't, my, my, my view on it is if you don't see the hook anymore, don't try to force it out, you know. If, the, if, the, if, uh, if you come across an unfortunate situation that the pike has swallowed uh, the dead bait altogether, you know, and you just see the trace and no sign of a hook, you know, just cut the line as deep as possible, you know. Um, then again, you know, if you if the the cutters, I use the cutters mostly to cut hooks, you know, because yeah. if a, if a, if a lure is inside the pike mouth, you know, and there's a couple of hooks stuck in the pike mouth, you know, you better cut the hooks. It's easier to release uh, the fish then, you know, and it doesn't take that long, you know. I mean, for the sake of thirty cents for a hook, uh, yeah. or fifty cents for a treble hook, you know, uh, I mean, the pike welfare is, is uh, predominant, you know, so cut the hook and release the fish as, as, as soon as possible you know and really fish should get rid of the of that of the hook within a couple of days i i um, optimi optimi optimistically yes but uh, mm -hmm. depending on where the hook is sitting you know yeah of course. if it's sitting in the throat you know and the pike can't feed then you know it's it's a bad situation for the pike so uh, try to get the hook out if you can you know but don't force it out you know yeah yeah, yeah. 
And uh, what about the barbless hooks, right? That's 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 a kind of maybe not a new trend, but more and more places are yeah. enforcing barbless hooks. Yeah, it's, 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 what's your it's, take on that? It's it's not a bad thing, you know. I mean, as I said, you know, if you if you're interested in the welfare of the pike, you should use barbless hook. It's not a must, you know. It's not a law, you know. But it's definitely not a bad idea to use uh, to use uh, barbless hooks. You know, you probably lose the odd fish. That's not properly hooked anyway, you know, mm-hmm. but um, I mean, sharp hooks are important, you know, that you have sharp hooks, you know, uh, and the uh, hooks shouldn't be too big, too massive, you know, too, uh, um, too thick, you know, thin hooks work better, you know. Yeah. You know. And so you reckon there's not huge difference between barbless hook and a, and a barbed one? Not, not really, you know. I mean, um, it's it's probably better for the pike. Uh, you need to uh, keep attention on the, on the line keep, anyway, keep, and that's, exactly. that's what keeps the fish rather exactly, than... Exactly, exactly, exactly. You know, if you if you lose your attention for, for a second, you know, the fish may be gone, you know, mm. depending on how it's hooked, you know. So always keep the pressure on the fish, and um, but don't force him in too fast, you know, bring him in gently, you know. I mean, it's, it's no good to rush, you know, a fish into the boat. Because then the fish will be jumping around in your boat and will do more damage to himself than mm. being uh, out in the water and fighting, fighting yeah. in the water. You know? yeah. Speaking about the equipment uh, mm. while you're handling the fish when mm. it's on the boat, uh, what's your take on the on the jaw spreaders? Oh, they're terrible. Uh, sorry, but uh, I I don't use jaw spreaders. I don't use uh, the boga grip as it's called, you know, because mm-hmm. it will do damage to the fish. It's best mm-hmm. to handle the fish, mm-hmm. you know, grab it inside the gills, you know. Be aware, you know, the, 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 the gills are sharp and the teeth are sharp, so you have to have somebody to show you how to grab a pike. Yeah. If it's the first time you're out, you know, get somebody with you who's done it before. And um, uh, I have a net as well. I hardly use the net, you know. Uh, I got a rubber-coated net. It's yeah. very good for the for, for the skin of the pike, you know, because... Uh, and also your, your hook of the lure, not getting tangled. In yeah, exactly, in a, exactly. In you know, so sometimes if, you have these, these, yeah. these, these nets, and uh, yeah. I, I witnessed that myself. There was a, obviously, there was bass fishing, that, and uh, it took me maybe yeah. three, four minutes to remove the fish, yeah. photograph it, and, and remove yeah. it, and then I spent another half an hour trying yeah. to untangle my lure yeah, from, yeah. from the net. Was, That's right, yeah. Terrible. I mean, the rubber net is not that bad because uh, the hooks don't get stuck that badly in the net, you know. Yeah. So if you're not safe, you know, if you're not sure about how to handle the pike, use the net, you know. But if you can uh, get away without a net, you know, I would encourage not to use a net because it's it's not good for the for, 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 for the skin of the pike, you know. Mm-hmm. It may damage the pike. So, you know? so grabbing by the gills. By the gills, and uh, this way, you know, the pike usually keeps his mouth open, you know, and it's yeah. easier. So to you don't need a spreader. Either. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So what about if you're if you catch a really big pike, like a specimen mm. pike, you mm. know, over over a meter? Yeah. Uh, if you if you grab him uh, by a gills, does it yeah. not pay, place too much pressure on his on his neck on on the spine? Well, I mean, if fish out of the water? if you if you wanna uh, if you wanna release him straight away. You know that's the best thing. You know, not to take him out of the water at all. You know, that's that never happens. And that never happens. I know people that, want a picture of the that pike. Never you know, happened. that never happens. Yeah, but I mean, that's I'm just talking about the ideal situation. Yeah, you know, unhook, oh, unhook the pike outside, uh, inside the water. You know, and don't bring him out at all. You yeah. know, uh, but if you have to move him out of the water to release the hooks and uh, to take a few shots, you know. Hold them uh, horizontally, you know, mm-hmm. not vertically, you know, because so I mean, support, support, support them with your yeah, exactly, you know, because uh, or have them on the unhooking mat in the boat. That's ideal as well. Mm-hmm. I know uh, it takes a bit of space in the boat, you know, so it's not 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 easy to have an unhooking mat in the boat, you know. 
if you have three or four guys on the board, it's very tight. Oh, my it's, God. It's no, very you tight. Never, you never should have four guys on the board. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Some people do it, you know. Some people, I've seen it. You know. Are those boards can handle four people? Uh, I mean, um, they're insured for six persons, you know. But, Are you kidding but, uh, me? There is absolutely no way. We're I'm talking about persons, not anglers, you know. Oh, I mean, okay, okay. If there's okay. anglers, a maximum of three, really. Ideally, two, you know, three yeah. is okay, you know, but yeah. no more than three anglers, yeah, ex you know. Exactly. You know, exactly. Not, not just for the space. How big are the boats that you're you renting? I rent 17-foot boats. You know, 17 foot so the, the so classical so three anglers max yeah, two optimal boats, yeah. so guys yeah, yeah. grab your buddy and uh, yeah. come here and, yeah. go, and, yeah. go, and go fishing yeah. Greg um, I want to ask you uh, one more question uh, actually I have a tons of questions still but uh, um, we're talking about welfare of the pike mm. and, and, and handling fish properly and using proper equipment and, and, and having that knowledge how to not damage the fish and so on so uh, obviously, there are a lot of people who are listening to this podcast and in general who says, well, then don't catch a fish. Don't go angling for a fish. That's going to be best for pike welfare. You, you, you're not going to interfere with them at all. Leave them alone. Um, so for, for us anglers who are enjoying uh, angling mm -hmm. and we, you know, doing that for, for our enjoyment, there is a, there is a balance to be, to be struck somewhere between, uh, okay, uh, we're interacting with the nature. We're trying to interact with the mm -hmm. fish. We're trying to interact with the nature then we try to uh, sort of minimize our impact uh, mm. that we're causing with that. Um, what, how, to do, how to find that balance? How to, how to draw that? Well, it's, I can see the point that people say, you know, don't go fishing if you don't want to uh, eat the fish, you know. But, uh, I mean, there's a fine line, you know, between you know, being uh, um, over suspicious or how shall I put it now it's in Germany an example you know get certain counties you know where you have to kill the fish that you catch yeah that's you know crazy. that's the other extreme you know I mean uh, you probably trout fishing you catch a perch and you have to kill the perch you know for the sake of it because people deem it's cruel to just fish for the sport it's, that's, that's, you know? that's really something that that is really hard to wrap my yeah. head around it yeah for fish welfare don't be cruel if you catch the fish and kill it you're club not his, cruel club his head, you know? yeah you're not <laughs> cruel but if you catch it and yeah. release it then yeah. you're cruel yeah. you're cruel no, I mean uh, you see I mean I, I can understand people if they criticize anglers just uh, if they're fishing for the sport of it I mean I eat fish you know and I eat certain fish but I don't eat pike you know and even if I would like to eat a pike I can't eat pike because pike over 50, 50 centimeters are protected you know, so um, I, I can't kill the fish, you know, that are over 50. I wouldn't kill the fish if they're under 50 because there are a lot of bones in pike, you know, and a small pike, it's not worth killing. You know, you get a long tail, a long head, and what's left is less than the size of a decent trout, you know. So um, uh, if, if you want to go fishing, you know, uh, be prepared to handle the fish uh, carefully. You know, use the right tools, as I said, you know, uh, learn how to handle the fish and the fish will go back undamaged and it's a pretty sight to go uh, uh, to see a fish swim away from the boat you know in a healthy state you know Absolutely. and that's my enjoyment in it you know mm -hmm. I mean um, people may criticize anglers for catch and release you know but the other opposite isn't good either you know I mean yeah. to be killing fish just for the sake of killing them maybe even dumping and dumping them after you know yeah that's crazy you know, it's that's crazy as well you know mm -hmm. <laughs> No, so you can't force people to kill fish, you know, that's stupid, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then refrain from fishing altogether, that's not an option either. That's right? not an option for me, <laughs> no, 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 not really. I mean, you see, uh, strictly speaking, you know, you shouldn't drive a motorbike, you know, if you're not prepared to kill uh, 
animals, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, like count the amount of flies and insects on your helmet, you know, if you, if you drive a motorbike. <laughs> so don't go driving a motorbike. There, motor, there, there you is know? no hit and release. On yeah, exactly, you know. So, I mean, you can take it to a certain extremes, you know. I mean, if, if you treat a fish right, you know, if you treat animals right, you know, there's nothing wrong with it, I'd say, you know. I mean, if they, if they swim away healthy, you know. I mean, I doubt that they enjoyed the experience, you know, but uh, of course, you know, if they're undamaged, un, un, uh, if you unhook them properly, you know, uh, they swim away without any, any scars or with any damage, you know, so it's, it's all right for me anyway, you know. Yeah, but then also there's the, like, like people uh, don't understand that really uh, these are quite simple animals and, and they don't have the same amount of uh, uh, feelings or understanding yeah, as course. we are. So yeah. it often happens that you're, you catch the same fish twice and that yeah. fish just been released yeah of course and of then course, you yeah. can say that there was actually the same fish because you can see some distinct marks on the fins yeah. or something yeah. and you clearly caught that fish you remove it from water you unhook it you put it back back into the water and then yeah. Yeah. you know yeah. a couple of minutes or, or whatever later boom there, there's there's the same fish. well it this didn't happen to me you know uh, the same fish on the same day uh, normally wouldn't happen you know but i caught a fish he had a hump on his on his back you know very distinctive and you know, i gave him a name i called him fred because i caught him five times in two years you know <laughs> so it's definitely the same fish you know, i didn't catch him after again you know maybe he was killed maybe he was eaten by other fish i doubt that he, i doubt that he got wise you know no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it was like no after five times you know so um yeah but he was as healthy as the first time I caught him, you know, so it didn't do him any damage, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and just, just to wrap the subject of handling fish uh, when, you, when you're catching fish. So obviously you're removing fish out of the water. And if you see that, the, you know, it's difficult to remove your hook and, and, and you really need to work on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you recommend to try to do this as well obviously you do it as quickly as possible but are you recommending to put the fish back into the water uh, maybe in a net so it kind of you know starts breathing again and then remove it back again and no try to no no I, I try to get the hook out as fast as possible you know uh, and if you can't remove it if I can't it. remove it you know I cut it and release the fish you know but I mean it happens probably once a year you know that a mm-hmm. hook stays inside the fish with me you know because I, mm-hmm. I as I said you know uh, I release them as soon as possible and I hook them as uh, soon as possible. I don't wait two minutes, three minutes, ten minutes, you know. Some yeah. people wait the cigarette length, you know, to, to hook a fish, you know, when, no, they, that's crazy. when when the line goes, you know, with that's, a, that's with crazy. A, you know, so that's crazy, you know. You Did you have a that that the traces in the gut of the yeah, fish? Yeah, you're asking you're asking for trouble and the fish probably won't survive. We'll never mm-hmm. know. Even fish that swim back you know, can die, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. uh, you're asking for trouble, Greg will find you and get <laughs> No, it's, it's, you see, I mean, fish don't die on the surface, you know, yeah. most people have the imagination, you know, that if a fish dies, he's floating around on the surface, he's bobbing around on the surface. That's not true, you know, yeah. 99 of the fish die on the bottom of the lake. Yeah. You know, so, and uh, sometimes I mean, not die immediately there. No, they're... but, uh, uh, not not just if you catch them, you know, I mean, uh, fish die as well as humans do, you know, so yeah. they die on the bottom of the lake, you know, mm-hmm. so they don't, uh, they don't bob up to the surface and you don't see them, you know, because yeah. uh, it would be shocking sight otherwise, you know. So, I mean, release them as soon as possible and do your best to have your right tools and your right pliers and right equipment, you know, sure. and then things should go well. Sure, you know? sure. What's the biggest fish caught, the biggest pike caught on the lake? And was that you who caught it? No, it wasn't me. No, it wasn't me. It was a 31-pound 31, 31 pike caught by a guy. 31? Uh, yeah, Roy Gretton, you know, an English guy. He's not living here anymore. He's living in London now, as far as I know. 
he caught two fish of 30 pound and 31 pound within 10 days. That wow. was uh, in November. He in November? Him, yeah, was he caught dead him on, on dead roach, exactly, you know, in 12 meters of water. My biggest pike is 30 pound, three ounces. So How, I, how long is it? And how, how big is it? The biggest pike uh, was 121. It's one over 120. Yeah, one it's meter 121. 120. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a huge pike. That's a huge pike, and as I said, you usually catch them in winter. You know, the big mamas, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, the heavy fish. You catch mm -hmm. them. Smelly from, dead bait. Yeah, in the from, from now on till 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 February. Let's say late February. You know, you be catching big pike. You know, maybe just one. You know, mm -hmm. but it will be big. You know. Got it. Yeah. Got it. So yeah. 30 pounds, the biggest fish. Yeah, yeah. That was also about uh, over meter. Oh, 20. yeah, of course. I mean, um, a 30 pound pike is always over a meter, you know, 20 mm. pound pike. Sometimes you catch a pike of one meter, one meter two, you know, it's 20 pound. But uh, on average, you know, one meter five, you know, that's where mm. the 20 pound mark starts, you know. Mm -hmm. So uh, mm -hmm. it's depending on the time of year, of course. You know? yeah, yeah. After the spawning in May. They tend to be slim because they're worn out, you know, they've yes. a lot of fighting, a lot of uh, activity. You, you see know. the marks on their body. You see the well. marks on their body, you know, I can exactly say, you know, when the spawning is on, you know, because the pike are marked, you know, because mm -hmm. uh, the males attack each other, the females attack the males, you know, mm -hmm. uh, they don't eat each other, you know, at this yeah, time of year, yeah, you know. They're just fighting. Uh, the rest of the, uh, of the year, they're cannibals, you know, but during spawning time, they're just just fighting for the best hands, you know, for the best best uh, mm. Um, mm. Uh, partners, you know. So um, there's a lot of fighting going on. Mm. In, in and when, we, when it comes to assess the size of the fish, would you prefer the length or weight? The, uh, the length, actually, you know, because um, you do less damage again to the pike, you know. It's mm -hmm. quicker you, to, you to get... Measure it. It's quicker to but get the measurement. But overall, the weight is more, uh, more, more is, is telling more about the fish and about the yeah. fight that the fish bring. It is, it is, it is in a way, you know. But uh, you see, it's it's a different tradition, you know. If you go to the continent, let's say Holland, Germany, France, people measure fish. Yeah. You know, in Ireland we weigh fish, you know. Yeah. So uh, for for the welfare of the pike, it's better to measure them. Mm -hmm. You know, saying that you know, if I catch a thirty pound, I weigh him. You know, mm -hmm. if I if mm -hmm. I know it's a big fish, I weigh him. And, um, you have to do it properly, you know, and uh, be as fast as possible. But of course, it's faster to measure it, you know, just to yeah. hold a tape along them, you know, yeah. and you know exactly how long it is, you know. The, the weighing takes a bit longer, you know. Yeah, of yeah. course, yeah. of course. Yeah. All right, Craig, so for, for all our listeners who, uh, who are listening to that and thinking, yeah, I should try, I should give it a shot, Mm. and show up here and try some uh, pike fishing and maybe uh, see the beautiful sight scene and try try lake, lake, uh, uh, trout fishing on the lake and mm. deep sea fishing and so on. What's the best way to get in touch with you and uh, how, you how to You can try that? my website, you know, it's a website there. Uh, it's pikefishingisland.com, pike-fishing-island.com. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm on face Facebook as well. It's Pike Fishing in Ireland, you know, that's my Facebook page, you know. Oh, you can write me an email, irishpike at gmail.com. Give me a call, you know, if you're local, you know, just call in and I'll show you around. You know, it's no problem. You're welcome to have a look at the lodge, you know, and um, Fantastic. Yeah, get in contact with me. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, so on the Facebook, on the internet, um, uh, everybody who wants to try, it's, it's really, really well worthy. Uh, come over here, uh, see the lake, uh, get the boat, get on the lake. And if you like it, then uh, book your holidays. You're also taking like a longer bookings for, for a week. Well, or so. I, I start one day or uh, you can stay two or three weeks if you want to, you know. Um, uh, what I want to say as well that um, if you don't have your own equipment, you know, we rent stuff 
for Fiverr, you can rent mm -hmm. rods and tackle and the right uh, safety stuff, equipment, you know, and the right tools. And you also have a little tackle shop. I here. got a small tackle shop. I sell stuff, you know, mostly to my own customers, you know, and uh, but I rent stuff as well because not everybody brings his own equipment, you know, especially mm -hmm. if you come by a plane, you know, mm -hmm. it's probably a bit troublesome you know, to bring your rods, you know, mm -hmm. and or you're worried about your rods, you know, so you, you can rent all, all the stuff here and it's decent stuff, you know, for five per day. You get the right lures, you get a net, you get a, a box with all the tools and, and two rods, you know, and you can fish away all day. Perfect. Mm. Greg, uh, thanks a lot for, for that. And uh, I hope that uh, we, you enjoy that as much as I did. And I hope that our uh, listeners enjoy that as well. Uh, so uh, uh, irishpike at gmail.com. Uh, it's uh, Irish, uh, irishpike at gmail.com. It's the email address. Uh, Pike Fishing in Ireland is Facebook. And then we got a website, it's pike-fishing-island.com. There you go. So Facebook, email, or just uh, plain old Google. Uh, if, you're, if you're interested, please get in touch with, uh, with Greg. Uh, and uh, that's a wrap. Uh, thanks, everybody. Hope you enjoyed. Greg, thank you very much. Thank you as well. Okay. It was a pleasure.